Everybody say praise the Lord. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and tell them they look really good in the house of the Lord. My, 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 my. Beautiful crowd today. Appreciate all of you being here. We're thankful to get to be here. We've enjoyed so much getting to spend some time with you, see some fruit among you. All those that have been filled with the Holy Ghost, those that have been baptized, making a start on their walk with God. It's exciting. It's exciting. I'm telling you, it's exciting. And uh, to get to spend some time with your good pastor and his wife, we love these folks, appreciate them so very much. Got great, great, great respect for them and their calling, their anointing. I know he's been going through a little bit of a hard time and Maybe me being here a little while has helped to give him just a little rest period, and your patience with me being here has helped that, and I thank so much. I know if you're, if you're among those that are the sermon uh, analyzers and categorizers, you're going to have me way on the bottom of the list because I just come to try to preach some, help somebody get right with God, encouraged in God. I may not be at the top of the list. I know I'm no Jeff Arnold or some of those men, but I tell you what, God is so good. He's so good. He's so good. Oh, my. So, again, today, I don't, I don't have something that 10 years from now you'd be saying, man, if you could have heard that. But if you're here today and you need God, these words just might be the key to open the door to the greatest experience you will ever have. Amen? Let's go to the book of John, the book of John. And again, uh, we, I got to sit in this morning and listen to the bishop. And uh, I told somebody, don't turn these old horses out. They still run. <laughs> he did a beautiful job, a beautiful job teaching. Now, hearing that and, and the confidence and the assurance and the anointings in it, I know why you've been so blessed. I tell you what, though, hang on because there's more to come. There's more to come. Blessings of God. I believe with all of my heart that God's got his hand on this church in a very significant and special way. People are going to receive the Holy Ghost not by the hundreds, but literally by the thousands. I believe that. There are going to be healings and miracles that you will talk about for the rest of your life. There are, I mean, I just feel it in the Holy Ghost. You've got a, a solid foundation and you've got a man with vision, and he's going to lead you into some incredible things. So I thank God for your pastor, for your bishop, all of the other ministry that is here. We honor you and, and appreciate you. In the book of John, 8th chapter, verse 1, Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him. And sat down and taught him, taught them. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what sayest thou? Listen to this in verse 6. This they said, tempting him, 
that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it being convicted by their own conscience went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. From there to the book of John, for James, I'm sorry, the book of James, the second chapter, 13th verse. For he shall have judgment without mercy that hath showed no mercy, and mercy rejoiceth against judgment. Let me talk to you about the third option. The third option. Lord bless you, you can be seated today. <clears throat> When the scribes and the Pharisees understood that Jesus was not going to fall in among them and further their lot, then they began to try to find a way to either discredit him and then eventually to kill him. And on this particular day, they thought they had a, a way to do it. And let me tell you something, it was a tight situation. Because the Jews were now under the rule of the Roman army. Rome ruled the whole country. And I don't know if you know much about them or not, but the Jews are very fractious. They are always fussing and hollering and screaming. They don't talk. They, they scream and holler back and forth in the marketplace. The Sadducees and the Pharisees would get together and of course, the Sadducees didn't believe in a resurrection, didn't believe in angels. They didn't believe in resurrection, one old voice said, so they were sad, you see. The Pharisees believed in resurrection. They believed in angels. And they would get in the marketplace and begin to fuss back and forth. And, 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 and the Romans would have to send soldiers down to break it up and, and send them home and they were forever into something. They were stoning people. And finally, the Romans passed a law that they could not stone anybody until they went through a Roman court. They had to be judged by a Roman court before they could be stoned. Now, the high priest and the Pharisees, they could arrange for this person to go before the Romans and they could stand and accuse them. There had to be an accuser. There had to be somebody that would stand up and say, well, I know they're guilty and there needed to be two or three witnesses that would speak against them and say, yeah, I saw it. I want to go on record. I'm against them. And then they, if the Romans 
were feeling good about the Jews, maybe they hadn't been causing so much trouble, they might allow them to stone somebody just to kind of keep them acting right. But if the Romans were pretty fed up with them, didn't want to deal with them in that day, didn't want to hear all the garbage they were throwing out, didn't want to get into their political and, and, and biblical uh, arguments, they would say, no, you're not stoning him. Let him go. Well, they, there they were. Then they had somebody in their midst that they felt like were totally guilty and worthy of death, but the Romans refused to allow them. So on the day that they brought this woman in before Jesus, and they, they, they were very, it was the religious uh, conservatives, and I hate to say it that way, but that's who it was. It was the ultra-conservative Pharisees that brought her in, and they, they said, look, we caught her in the very act. Not any supposition. There's a few facts about this, this scripture. There's two or three things. One of them was the fact that she was guilty. She indeed was guilty. They caught her in the act. I, you know, I look back and I think, why not stop it before it happened? No, they needed to use her as a tool to try to get to Jesus. And so rather than stepping in beforehand and saying, hey, this is going too far. You need to go back wherever you came from. No, they waited until things were beyond an answer and started bringing this woman and brought her to Jesus, set her down right in the middle of it, probably not in a very good way, didn't care who she was, didn't care who her parents were, didn't mind embarrassing her or them, didn't mind the fact that the girl's going to die. You're going to end her life. And I look at this and I realize it's not just sexual improprieties. It is adultery. Somebody here was married, and I suppose it must have been the man that never showed up. There is an, in, uh, 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 an unforgivable sin in this Scripture, and that's the man. Until sin is repented over, until it's asked forgiveness for, brother, you can't get it done away with. It's going to always be there. So I don't know what happened to the man. They weren't interested in the man. They only wanted the woman to bring her because the deal was not the woman the deal was trying to mess up Jesus so when they threw her down or sat her down in the midst in their mind she was dead she was done and now we're going to concentrate on him because you know you know brother Stevens I thought about this this morning what they were doing really was throwing his own law back into his face because God, the Spirit, gave them the laws in the Old Testament, told them how to handle things. And so now they're coming to him, and it's like they're looking at him and saying, Okay, God, this is your own law. What are you going to say about it? But this is what they, they said. Well, if he says don't stone her, then immediately we're going to say you're breaking the law. And we're, we're going to tear his ministry down. We're going to do away with his lot in life, what he says he was born for. We're going to take it away from him because he's saying the law is of no validity and we should just do away with it and let her go. That was the first option. The second option was this. He could say, well, the Romans have said we can't have any stonings. 
And they would immediately turn and say, well, he's not a, a man of God because he's saying that the Roman law is greater than the laws of God. And so they would have him trapped one way or the other. First option is he throws his lot in with the Jews and the Romans are against him. Second option is that he's going to throw his lot in with the Romans and the Jews are going to be against him. They only left him two options, but brothers and sisters, I thank God there was a third option. There was something else in the works. There was something there they weren't counting on. And that was mercy, praise God. Now, I'm going to tell you now, God hates sin, but God loves souls more than he hates sin. God wants you to go to heaven a lot more than the devil wants you to go to hell. Woo, my Lord, clap your hand to the Lord. In Jesus' name, I thank God. The Lord bowed down and began to ride in the sand like he didn't even hear them, like he didn't have any idea. Now, there's been a lot of stories about what he might have wrote. And then somebody said, well, he was writing down their sins in the sand so that they're standing there and they're reading what they themselves had done the day before or the week before. I don't know that. The Bible never told us what he said. He might have been drawing circles. He might have just been doodling. He might have been drawing some of the pictures like Sister Lori draws over there. I don't know. But what he was doing, he's just doing it and not paying them a whole lot of attention. And they finally just keep on, keep on, keep on. Hey, master, hey, teacher, hey, rabbi, what do you say we need to do to this woman? We need to hear your answer. He raised up and looked at them and said, well, whichever one of you has no sin, you throw the first rock. And the Bible did say this. They had a conscience. Thank God you got a conscience. Everybody in here has got a conscience. You can sear it. You can override it. But I'm going to tell you right now, brother, that conscience has salvaged a, a lot of souls, praise God. That conscience can preach to you when I can't. That conscience will sleep with you. It'll talk to you. It'll wake you up. It'll go to work with you. That conscience will tell you you need to pray. You need to repent. You need to get baptized. You need to get the Holy Ghost. You need to, praise God. And somebody in Jesus' name. I thank God that after I got the Holy Ghost, God began to deal with me immediately about baptism in Jesus' name. Praise God. Oh, I'm just going to tell you now, I believe your name is written in the Lamb's book of life when you go under in Jesus' name. I believe there's a covenant relationship with you when you take on Jesus' name. Praise God. Anybody agree with me in here? Amen, 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 amen. Thank God. I do put a lot of emphasis on it.
because I believe that every man, woman, boy, and girl that need that walks on this planet needs to be baptized in Jesus' name. You need to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'll go a step further. You must be baptized with the Holy Ghost. You must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. You must be washed. You must be cleansed. Oh, my Lord, you need the power of God inside of you. This little woman had no hope in the eyes of those men. They were ready to stone her to death, and they were ready to take Jesus apart. But the Lord got down, and he began to ride on the ground, and then he turned it right back on them. If you got no sin, you throw the first rock, but make sure your conscience will allow you to do it. Praise God. I don't know about this. Somebody said, well... Jesus was willing to get his hands dirty to save one soul. Now, I'm just going to tell you this. He will not participate in your sin, but he'll get down to a level where he can talk to you and get you to understand, I want to save you. I want to change you. I want to get you born again. I want to get you right. I want to get you going in life. I don't want you to be lost, praise God. Oh, somebody hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. God had to get down where you live. God had to get on your level. God had to get where you were dwelling, praise God. You might have been an alcoholic. You might have been a wino. You might have been a dope head. I don't know what you were. But I got a God that got where you were and talked to you and let you know my blood is able. My love is able. I'm able to turn you around, praise God. Lift your hands and love him in Jesus' name. What are you preaching for, preacher? I'm preaching for souls. I'm preaching for men and women that are guilty. No doubt about it, you're guilty. You got sin in your life. But I want you to understand God loves you. And on this Sunday morning, the love of God is reaching for men and women and boys and girls. The love of God is reaching for Sunday school students. It's reaching for teachers. It's reaching for whoever you are to save you from your sins. Praise God. Lift your head to love him for a minute. You know what I believe? I believe this church has got a, an apostolic revival for it the rest of its until the Lord comes. I believe you're going to be in revival. You may not have a visiting preacher every weekend. You don't need one. You got a great man of God. You got other great ministries here that God's going to use. But you know what? If you'll fall in love with mercy, if you'll fall in love with watching people getting baptized, if you'll fall in love with people receiving the Holy Ghost, it doesn't get old to me. It's never run out. I love to see a life change. If you'll fall in love with that, it'll be a continual flow of men and women and boys and girls filled with the power of God. The Bible said that mercy rejoiceth against judgment. Brother Green, one, one day I was preaching revival. I don't even remember where it's at, somewhere in East Texas. But there was a man that came through the back door, and the Lord allowed me to see something I'd never seen before or after. I saw him come through that back door, Brother Stevens, and there was a spirit running along beside him. And I could hear that spirit saying, you don't belong here, you're guilty. 
You're a sinner. You don't want to go in there. Those are all people that live for God. You don't belong in there. You're dirty. You're unclean. And I watched him as he started to turn around and go out. And I wanted to scream, no, don't go, don't go. But then all of a sudden, a little figure stood up beside him and began to dance down that aisle. And the Lord said, that's mercy, rejoicing against judgment. Judgment began to back away. Judgment began to go out the door. In a little while, that man fell in an altar, and God filled him with the power of the Holy Ghost. I want you to know if you're here today, judgment is saying, run. Judgment is saying, get out. But the mercy of God is rejoicing and saying, no, blood's still real. Love's still real. The name is still real. The power still. Oh, my Lord. I feel a spirit of rejoicing over over mercy. I feel a spirit of rejoicing against judgment. Praise God. My, 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 if you've had mercy, oh, my Lord, run judgment out of your life. You ought to praise him a little bit. If you've had mercy, take the judgment out of your life. You ought to love him a little bit. Praise God. Hallelujah, if I was younger, I'd make a loop around this building and thank God for mercy. If I was younger, I'd dance a while. Thank God for mercy. Thank God for mercy. Thank God for mercy. Praise God. Anybody else love mercy? Anybody else love mercy? Anybody else excited? That was a third option. You can be forgiven. You can be cleansed. You can be set free. Praise God. My, 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 my. I'm just going to tell you right now. You fall in love with mercy. There'll be angels standing on that street out there. And the cars are going by. They're saying, hey, these folks will love you. These folks will help you. These folks will pray with you. These folks will baptize you. These folks will encourage you. That pastor will encourage you. That pastor will teach you. Oh, my Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on, lift your hands and love him. Somebody hear me today. Mercy is here. Mercy is rejoicing. Mercy is dancing circles all around you. Judgment would like to see you die and go to hell, but mercy said no, no, 10,000 times no. Let mercy prevail, praise God. There's a third option. I'm going to ask my musician to come. I'm not going to be here a lot longer. Hallelujah, hallelujah. But I'm telling you right now, you say, well, preacher, give me a little more. No, I'm not giving you more. I didn't come just to feed a bunch of apostolics. I came to preach just long enough for somebody in this building to understand God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. The power of God's on your side. Mercy's on your side. Righteousness is on your side. Holiness is on your side. This is a church that loves holiness, loves righteousness, but love soul, praise God. Stand to your feet all over the building. He shut the little My Lord, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord. 
the Lord told me this morning, there are many, there are many more that need to come. There are many more that need to receive the Holy Ghost. They've sat on the pews. They've done good. They've lived their life. But they need to come and let me fill them with the power. There are many that still need to be baptized. There's as many as we had last Sunday. Maybe twice as many, praise God. I heard the pastor last Sunday when he said, we've about used up all our towels. I thought, there ought to be 10 people stand up and say, Pastor, I'll buy a towel. I'll buy a towel. I'll buy two. If we can have more people baptized, I'll buy, a, I'll buy a robe that they can get baptized in. Hallelujah. If we could see one more family put back together, if we could see another woman delivered from alcohol and drugs, if we could see another man set free from the judgment that's against him, if we could see one more couple come down to make a commitment unto God, God, I'm ready. I need you on my side. I want you on my side. I'm going to open these altars because the Holy Ghost told me there's going to be people there today that need mercy. Friend, mercy's waiting on you. What's in these altars, preacher, at mercy? What's in these altars, preacher, at mercy? You may be guilty, and we're not even going to ask you what you're guilty of. We're not going to ask you what you did, how often, or where. We're going to say to you right now, if you ask him, he'll forgive you. He'll cleanse you. He'll wash you. His blood will cover you. Everything you've said, everything you've thought, everything you've done will be done away with. My, come on. Come on, one more time. Lift your hands. Pray right now, Lord. Touch every man, every woman, every boy, every girl. There's a man in this building right now. The Lord showed me you coming down the altar. He showed me you finally saying, you know what? It's time for me to make my start. It's time for me to, I've listened to the preaching. I've studied about it. I've thought about it. It's time for me to make my start. It's time for me to let mercy prevail in my life. One time years ago, I was in my study one day praying, reading. It was a Wednesday night. Our church had church on Thursday night, but I was there preparing. And on a Wednesday afternoon about 2 o'clock, the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, in about 15 minutes, your phone's going to ring. A preacher on the other end that you know well and you've preached for several times. He's going to ask you if you could come and preach tonight. He said, you go and you preach this message and there'll be a man there with a red mustache. He's already repented at home. All he needs to do is come and I'll fill him with the Holy Ghost. Fifteen minutes later, my phone rang. Very close friend of mine I'd preached for many times. His church was in a continual state of revival. I went to preach for him 10 times and actually got to go to the pulpit three times because the church was so in love with souls and so in love with mercy that in the midst of the singing, people would start streaming to the altars. We'd pray eight or 10 through. In a year's time, his church went from 60 to nearly 200 because they fell in love with mercy and they fell in love with souls and they got excited about people praying through and excited about baptism. He said, can you come tonight? I said, yeah, I can. I'll be there. The Lord's already spoke to me. I know what I'm going to preach. I 
know what's about to happen. I walked in there that night. I'm looking all around for the red mustache, and there wasn't one anywhere. Went through the singing, and I'm looking for that red mustache, and there wasn't one anywhere. I walked to the pulpit. I began to take my scripture, and the back door opened, and there he came. A head full of rusty red hair and a big old red mustache. I didn't know him, and I could tell by looking at him. He wasn't familiar with the church, but he came down and sat on the second pew. And I got to preaching, and in the middle of my preaching, I said, there you sit with that red mustache wondering who I'm preaching to. I'm going to tell you right now, God told me today, you've already repented. You've already sought him. All you got to do is come, and God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. He kind of looked around and realized I'm the only redhead in the bunch. He came right out of that pew and hit that altar. Five minutes later, he's speaking in tongues full of the power of God. Mercy brought him. Mercy told him, go to that church. You've been praying, but you hadn't got what you need. Go to that assembly. God filled him with the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling somebody tonight, come on, mercy told you to come. Mercy called you. Mercy's reaching for you. Mercy's saying, I'll make the difference. I'll spam the God. Oh, my Lord, come on. Come on, come on. In Jesus' name, if you need renewing, come down and let God renew you. If you need love, come down and they'll love you. Come down and let God's people touch you. Come on. These altars are open. These altars are open. There are men and women that need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Men and women that need to make you move today while mercy, mercy, mercy is reaching for you. Pray. Saints, would you pray right now? Would you pray right now? God, have your way in these men and women. God, have your way. God, have your way. Come on. There's others in here today that need to make your way up to the front and say, look, I need to be baptized. I've never been baptized in Jesus' name. I need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I need to be delivered. Church, would you pray? Church, would you pray? What are we doing? We're reaching for a soul. We're trying to make the difference in a man or a woman. Hell would love to see them burn. We don't want them to burn. Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, in Jesus' name. Come on, make your way down here. Make your way down here. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Step out of there and say, you know what? I'm a big enough man to admit I was wrong. I did wrong. I need God. I want God. Come on, lady. You're a grown lady. You can look at it and say, look, what I've been doing is not working. I need to change my ways. I need to get God on my side. If there's somebody beside you that's praying, lift your hand over and begin to pray for them. If there's somebody beside you God's dealing with, slip your arm around their shoulder and say, I want to pray with you. I love you. God loves you and I love you. I want to pray with you. Come on. There ought to be people praying all over this building. There ought to be people praying all over the building because the love of God is reaching. The love of God is reaching. The love of God is reaching. Come on, come on, come on. There's people praying. There's people praying. There's men and women praying. Oh, God, let mercy prevail. Let mercy prevail. Let mercy prevail. 
Come on, there's some others thinking about it. There's some others thinking about it. Don't think about it. Just come down and let God touch you. Don't think about it. Just come down and let God cleanse you.